Balotelli. Aguero! Lewandowski goes through it again. Oh, he just can't do it. You just cannot be that good. That is an amazing goal. I think he's scored a goal every time he's had a shot. What's going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the 50 Plus One Football Podcast, your home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga. I'm Billy, and with me is a man who, if he were a football film, he'd be gold because he's one of the greatest of all time. It's Lewis. Oh, he's he's really nailed that one. Can't, I can't get over that. What a film, by the way. What a film. Screw screw goal two and goal three. Those were crap, but the first one, class. Well, the second he moved to Real Madrid, it was ruined for me. Yep. Yeah. He kind of went off the he went off the rails in that film as well. So that kind of killed it. Anyways, um, this week we will be getting into some surprising turn of events for some teams in the Bundesliga who we definitely would not have pegged to be having a start as good as they are having. Then we have to come to the ever-present topic of the man, the myth, the legend, RL9, Robert Lewandowski, the guy keeps on scoring and breaking records as he pleases. And then we'll move over to the Premier League, where we have a look at what should have been two top six clashes. In reality, only one of them was a top six clash, and the other one probably should have been uploaded to Pornhub. And then Billy has a look at why people hype up Adam Atriere so much. He doesn't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't know. But without further ado, I'd say seeing as we started with the... uh, Did we start with the Premier League last week or the Bundesliga? We started with the Premier League last week, I do believe. Okay, well, then we'll, we'll start with the Bundesliga this week. And I just say, why not have a look at Leverkusen, who could actually have a shot at a title, at least, I'd say, the DFB Pokai, because league might be a little bit harder. They're a very good team. And, okay, okay it started off with that one-all draw against Union Berlin. But I don't think that's down to Leverkusen. I think that's more up to the fact that Union are absolutely smashing it at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Especially Taiwo Owoni, who is an absolute joy to watch play football. And then they battered Gladbach 4-0. And then (sighs) battered Augsburg. I mean, two own goals. Yeah, yeah, I know, but you, you you have to look at it this way. Leverkusen and Bayern have scored the same amount of goals after three matches. Yeah, that's a that's a little bit insane. And, you know, I wouldn't have thought that this would be the case when you take a look at the fact that they've they sold Leon Bailey to Aston Villa for 30 mil. And they didn't really bring in too many big name players. Like they didn't take, they didn't sell Leon Bailey and basically take the 30 mil and reinvest it right away in a relatively big name. But, you know, they still got Belarabi, Diaby, Schick, obviously, who was unreal at the, at the Euros. Lucas Alaro, Paulinho isn't bad. We said it last week. And then obviously you've got the, the main attraction, which is Florian Wirtz 
at center attacking mid. And, you know, he next to Jamal Muziala is probably Germany's hope for the next few years going in. And, you know, you still got Nadim Amiri, Kerem Demirbay, so many good players. And then you go to the back and you still got Jonathan Ta, you know, Tapsobad always does a solid, solid job, in my opinion. Um, and you have to, you also have to take a look at the fact that Leverkusen were top of the league until about December 2020. So it's not like this just came out of the blue. Like they've already shown that they have the capability of going far. That's the thing. The wheels completely come off last year. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, they started it really well last year and it was all like, oh, Kai Havertz who? And yeah, that was also the thing. Like they lost Kai Havertz and they go top of the league and everyone's like, all right, that's not bad. And now we're kind of going doing the same thing. You know, they sold Leon Bailey, who's basically their main attacking option. And now they're kind of bossing it again. And you're just all going, right. I, I think this is going to sound really like obvious and really stupid, but I think that the Euros that Patrick Sheik had helped massively because... Correct me if I am wrong. He was kind of fringy. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't the solid, solid goal scoring striker who you could always count on to bag a goal when it counted. Like he was, it was a tad bit hit and miss. It was more hit than miss, but it was still sometimes you were like, mm, I don't know if he's really going to produce. And now you just know that this guy is going to produce. Like they. Leverkusen fans must be going into every match thinking, I mean, he must produce something, like, you know, at least a goal a game, something like that. I honestly think he's... It's, it's quite funny for, for Leipzig because, obviously, they sold him the summer after what would have been Euro 2020. Whereas yeah. Had yeah. they held off and sold him this summer, you could probably have doubled that transfer value. Yeah, but would he would he have had the same impact on the Euros had he stayed at Leipzig? Because at Leipzig, he probably would have had to have a duel with Serlot. And Serlot, if we're being honest, Serlot and Schick probably would have, I don't know. I'm not sure if he would have gotten as much game time as he did for Leverkusen to be able to produce what he did at the Euros if he had stayed at Leipzig. Well, none of them did terribly well because uh, Alexander Serlot's now gone to Sociedad. So yeah. it does hold up to the opinion I had where yeah okay it's all right scoring like 30 odd goals in Turkey when there's only like two good teams but he was god awful for Crystal Palace and he wasn't much better for RB Leipzig I feel like he got a lot of a lot of negative energy and a lot of stick at Leipzig when he probably did all right he wasn't god awful at Leipzig but he was he wasn't he wasn't amazing he definitely wasn't what I think Leipzig had in mind when they when they signed him. It's a difficult one. I think another exciting player for Leverkusen is Paulinho on the left. Yeah. Like 21 Brazilian winger. Crack on with it. Like that's a, almost a like-for-like like replacement with Leon Bailey. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, and, you know, that... We we always said, will they be able to replace Leon Bailey when when they sold him? And I, th- I mean, as you just said, they probably have. At least the performances so far speak for themselves. 
I do just want your opinion on on one thing. Uh, okay, yeah, maybe not. I was going to ask you, do you think that Florian Niederlechner uh, deserves a Germany call-up? But he's 30, so it's probably less than likely. You never know, because here's the thing. Hansi Flick has said, like, his now that was one of the first things he said was, age is not a factor. If you're good enough, you're going to get called up for the national team, which was definitely a small dig at Yogi Löw, who was the who tried to pioneer after the World Cup 2018. He tried to pioneer uh, the, I'm going to only call up young players now because we need to get the old, like we need to start phasing out the older players, which as we've seen, totally backfired. So I'd say Florian Niederlechner, it's hard because he plays for, he's, he's not, he's not played at any top team. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not like he's it's not like he's bagging them in for Leipzig at this point. You know, it's I'm 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 a little bit torn. I'm a, I'm a little bit torn. Cuz you know, he's as you said, he's 30. He plays for Augsburg. Augsburg eh. They're like this mid mid table club like who who are they probably best compared to in the Premier League? Uh, let me have a look quick. We have a look. They're probably most comparable to comparable to Southampton. Nah, Southampton. No, Southampton. I think Southampton. Southampton have too much of a chance to actually make European places. They're probably like a Burnley. Always in the midfield of the table. Yeah, I go with that. Yeah, it's you just know, like it's... having someone like Dwight McNeil called up for England. Exactly. So it's like Florian Niederlechner. Yeah, he always he who probably produces most consistently for for Augsburg but at the end of the day I don't know if that warrants a Germany call up no that's fair I I honestly thought he was younger so when I saw 30 I was like "Mm, okay maybe not yeah yeah I don't know if you went to a club like Leverkusen for instance then maybe because I still think the missing experience at the top level is probably Probably keeping keeping him from doing so. What's well, so just that that little bit of European football experience would give him a, a head exactly. over. I'm trying to think who else Germany have as a as a striker. Timo Werner. That's the problem at this point. Germany don't even have it. like a pool of strikers, so that every time when they nominate, uh, they make the nominations for the upcoming international breaks. They always nominate goal, defense, and then they just put midfield slash forwards because they don't have enough forwards to create a category of that on their own. And every forward they do have can technically also play in the midfield. Well, you play Thomas Müller as a false nine as well, can't you? You could probably play as a full number nine as well because he's done that in the uh, in in the past as well. But that's you know he's not that that's not utilizing him to the fullest extent. In my opinion, at least. But yeah, speaking of uh, teams, speaking of teams with uh, European aspirations, Wolfsburg this season playing Champions League, and they just went and beat RB Leipzig one 0 Oh, honestly, I watched that game for um, 
football live and honest to god it's such a poor quality match I know it's a poor quality match but Wolfsburg are nine points out of three matches and four to one goal difference oh no yeah I'm not I'm not slagging Wolfsburg off I'm just you know you'd expect more from from RB Leipzig than misplaced passes or oh, honestly I thought Tyler Adams was going to get sent off at one point and he nearly smacked uh, Renato Stefan in the jaw it was like come on man <laughs> I mean, I'm not, it sounds bad to say it, but I think Airbnb Leipzig are definitely falling victim to the uh, to the complete yard sale phenomenon, so to speak. They've had a couple of good season now, seasons now, and all of their good players are leaving the club. You know, it started off with Timo Werner. They lose Upamecano and Konate in one transfer window, as well as now uh, Masa Zabata is going to Bayern for $16 million. Um, You've also had their manager as well. Exactly. Just, just take their starting center mid, their starting center back, and their manager all in one season. One transfer window, better said. And all for less than but 80 yeah. million. Yep. For the That's cost the best of, part. of less than a Harry Maguire, you've got a Leipzig's best center half, their best center mid, and one of the best young managers in European football. <laughs> Yeah. Bastards. I mean, the the thing is, they don't have much left. <laughs> if you look Honestly, at Leipzig yeah, now, that... you know, Willy Orban's probably their best center back. They got Lukas Klosermann, Nordi Mjokiele, Heizenberg. They signed Gvardiol, who was decent at the Euros for Croatia, I thought. Angelino, he's a tad bit. You know, he, he has good performances when he wants to, but he's not a defender. Like, he's one of those wingbacks who's better at attacking. Thing is, though, and then and you've then... got Dominic Sobosloy, who I'm actually in love with. <laughs> Emil Forsberg, who's... Yeah. Christopher and Kunku, probably the same. Like, there's, there's moments, but it's not consistent enough. And Andre Silva, who hasn't really... Got one goal this season. It was a penalty. He isn't really. He hasn't really, you know, settled in, so to speak. And they they also have Danny Olmo. Can't forget him. Who I don't know where they're going to try and stick him because his best position is a center attacking mid, but they don't play with a classic number ten. Not really, anyway. Although I'm sure I'm sure ninety nine percent of German football fans are absolutely loving it. So. Well, I say that, for, uh, scratch that, listeners. They do play with a classic number 10, but the thing is, Emil Forsbeck is there, and there's just not enough space for for a, for a, Danny, a Danny Olmo at some point. At some points. And last season, I felt like he was always either being played out of position because he was playing being played as a striker, or then he'd be played on the wing. It was kind of like, mm, is he really that useful at that position? And then when he played in a striking duo, then he was always the one who kind of hung back. So it was kind of like, eh, eh. whereas you cut to Wolfsburg, Cohen Castells, who's decent, yeah, very very reliable keeper. And then you've got Mbabu and Rousselon at fullback. You've got the youngster. In Maxence Lacroix and the experience of John Brooks. Yeah. Uh, Schlager and Maximilian Arnold. And uh, they just, they, 
clean up the field. They clean up that midfield. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought, uh, is it Riedel? Riedel? Uh, Riedler Baku, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was a, a fullback or a wingback. He played right wing yesterday. He is. <laughs> he is, but he's one of those players who you could stay. He, he scored a goal or two where you're thinking, woo, you should. He, he definitely, why not? Why not? And then Max Maximilian Philip. Play, who, yeah, he plays all over. Yeah, Maximilian Philip, who you, you think probably come the next couple of weeks should be replaced by Luca Volschmidt. Yeah, probably. And Renato Stefan and big man up their course up front. But their goal yesterday. Um, what was I don't I I I questioned why Rousselon was in the box. I don't know. But it, I think it says it all about the match when one of your fullbacks scores the deciding goal. Uh, yeah, it wasn't great quality. I mean the passing was was terrible, but Leipzig offered very little. Like very, I mean, very little. And we were talking on, on on the show yesterday, and it was it was like, okay, well, where does Jesse Marsh go from here? Because I I can guarantee, well, Upamecano and Kanate, I think, had already been sold. Upamecano definitely, because that was in January, wasn't it? Yeah, and but then, Konate was also I'm, already sold. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Konate to Liverpool was already agreed before Jesse Marsh took over. Yep. So th- that's two players he's had no control over, the sale of. Yeah. He's probably... I mean, Wang Hee-Chan has gone to Wolves on He wasn't that much of a starter last season, not going to lie. No, but he gives you something different up front. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Like, you need options. You can't just have a, a, a number nine in Andre Silva. You need to have that sort of... I don't want to call him more dynamic because that's a bit of a slide on Silva, but someone with a bit more pace about them. Who can like a play, Yeah, who can play out wide if you need them to. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. But I think that's also going back because I think Jesse Marsh wants to kind of switch it a little bit because Leipzig always played in 3-5-2 under Nagelsmann. And Nagelsmann has since adapted with Bayern to what Bayern usually play, which is a 4-2-3-1. I think Jesse Marsh has also tried to do the 4-2-3-1, but it's yeah, but it goes, still trying to get the players together for it. Yeah, it goes to what I've said repeatedly on here. It's just play the formation that you're equipped to play. Yeah, yeah. Because they cl- Leipzig are clearly aren't equipped to play four at the back. Because no. Lucas Klosterman is not. He's not a fullback. Not a fullback. I, honestly, you would rather you probably would if you had you put Klosterman, Orban, and Simakan, and then uh, was it Gavardio and Angelino yeah. either wing back. And then yeah, you sacrifice yeah. probably in Kunku, have Tyler Adams, Haidara, Forsberg, and then Sorbosloy and Silver up top. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it's just a question of can Andre Silva adapt to playing two up top because he does, he did always play the single man up top um, at Frankfurt. Oh, yeah, that's true. I think that's kind of, or that's part of the reason or part of Jesse Marsh's thinking that he goes um that that he goes to a 4231 to accommodate that 
type of play. It's a weird one. And just back to Wolfsburg, I think <laughs> if you've spoken to any Wolfsburg fan at the start of the season when they <laughs> when he made that extra substitution. Jesus against, Christ. Is it what was it? Was it was it Prowson? Is, is that how you pronounce it? Prowson Munster? Poison Munster, yeah. There you go. I can't make the, the mouth. Poison uh, Munster. Um, yeah, when he made that extra substitution, I think a lot of people were like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's going to be a long season. And they, they don't score a great deal. But they don't. Nah, they, they they've don't only concede. scored four goals in three games. But they don't concede, which is the, is the important thing. Yeah, I mean, I think for Wolfsburg, they're a team who aren't going to be complaining if they're if they're top of the league and have scored, you know, the least amount of goals of anyone in the top six, but then they've conceded very little. Because I think most people would agree that you, they'd rather have a team concede very little and then maybe score a tad bit less than the other way around. Because, I mean, Bayern got absolutely hounded, hounded in the media last season for conceding as many goals as they did. And the only reason it wasn't too bad at the end of the season was because they just scored a an obscene amount of goals. Yeah, sometimes you need that, though. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you definitely do. And especially with, you know, the kind of uh, change in the guard that, that Bayern are now going through, especially at the back. You know, I think it's, it's slowly, slowly... They'll slowly get in the groove of things, because I mean, if if we're being honest, you know, three goals that they've conceded so far in this uh, in the league is isn't bad, and they've got you know nine to three goal difference as well. So, I'd say it's I'd say it's pretty decent. Honestly, I ge- genuinely think they'll probably be quite comfortable in the Champions League places this season. Bayern are now getting you know the engine of Leipzig's mid- midfield basically, and if we're being honest. I wouldn't start Zabitza over Goretzka or Kimmich. Because I'm oh, sorry, I, but Goretzka, I, I, and Kimmich, Goretzka and Kimmich are up there with Kante and Jorginho as the best midfield duos on this planet. Yeah, but you've the, the one place that Bayern lack tremendously is a right back. So I'm, I'm not talking when you play against VfL, uh, Borkum or... Augsburg or anything like that, but Champions League matches, Dortmund, Leipzig, uh, probably Wolfsburg and Leverkusen now. Shift Kimmich back to right back for more defensive certainty and put Marcel Sabitzer alongside Leon Goretzka. Here's the thing though. One, Zabitzer and Goretzka are too similar. And two, we saw at the Euros that Kimmich at right back is not working as well as it once, as it once did given he was played at wing back during the Euros. So, you know, Kimmich just isn't a wing back. He is a right back. He's not a wing back. Or he can play right back. I'd still argue that, you know, he's now been so ingrained into that center defensive midfield position. And he's said himself that's his favorite position. And, you know, he's he has said in the past, like, yeah, I'll play wherever my coach needs me to. But if we're being honest, I'd see his strengths in the in the center midfield position, center defensive midfield position. And 
like I said, I think Zabitza and Goretzka are two box-to-box players who, if they were put on the pitch at the same time, it would be too much of one thing in the, in the midfield and too little of the other. What it is, it's, fa- it's fantastic for your squad depth. Oh, that is that is for damn sure. Because of, of which you don't have any. Exactly. So this, this, is the, this is the thing, right? I'm not complaining about the Zabitza, Zabitza move because I, lo- I think it's a great move for squad depth. And as you just said, we don't have any. So, well, let's on the subject of Bayern. He's a freak of nature. He really is. It's an he obscene really amount of goals to have scored in, and in an obscenely few matches to achieve it. Three hundred goals for Bayern in three hundred and thirty games for Bayern. That's uh, what's that like? A, a goal every game and a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. He's scored in 13 straight Bundesliga matches now as well. 15 hat-tricks. Yeah. Add that to the list. I mean, he just does score for freaking fun. And I swear to God, if... Like, every year, the Ballon d'Or went to... If we're being honest, the people who score the most goals are involved with the most goals. And, you know, with very few exceptions... That was always the case. If this season they all of a sudden decide, mm, let's give it to a midfielder like Jorginho, who's just won a bunch of titles. And for lack of a better word, he won those titles not on individual amazing performances. He won those titles because the team around him also worked. So to, you know, Lewandowski individually probably deserves Ballon d'Or. Yeah, it's just not going to happen, though, is it? That's the thing, right? It's just so unbelievably biased. The Ballon d'Or just is. Yeah, you know, okay, oh, no, I, I, to... I get that. I get that. Indiv- individually, Jorginho hasn't had a fantastic season. No, but it's it's had a good you, season. It's it's when you look season. at, uh, he's taken like match-winning penalties or things like that. But yeah, he's won the Euros, the Champions League just the Euros in the Champions League just now he's won the European Player of the Award Player right, of the that, Year Award right, I, before we talk more about Lewandowski I just want to unpack this quickly because that really really confused me so Jorginho Kante uh, and Kevin De Bruyne were up for best midfielder yeah right Kante won best midfielder the same three players were also up for player of the of the year. Yeah. And Jorginho won. How does that work if Kante wins best midfielder but doesn't win? Okay, but this was the best midfielder for the whole Champions League season, wasn't it? Well, it's not just the Champions League. It's just the UEFA's vote instead of FIFA's. But correct me if I'm wrong. Last well, yeah, year, but here's a here's yeah, the but thing. Last, this last was, year, this... didn't Lewandowski win best forward and best player. Yeah, but remember, Manuel Neuer won the best goalkeeper and wasn't included in the, in the, in the best 11. <laughs> it's a shambles. It's an absolute joke. I'm it not is. saying Jorginho it's... didn't have a good season, but Kante had a better one. 
that's the thing, right? It pisses me off that Jorginho wins these awards because he wasn't even the best midfielder in his own freaking team, let alone the league, let alone Europe, let alone the world. He's not even the best. He's not even the top three midfielders in the league. That's my point. Which, FYI, if we're talking, it's Kevin De Bruyne, Kante, and Bruno Fernandes in no particular order. But, you know. Yeah, I could see, I could see that. I could see that. I just, I, it, it baffles me because if he wasn't better than Kante for best midfielder, how can he be better than Kante for player of the year? That's the same thing, right? Everyone knows that Manuel Neuer pro- deserved that best goalkeeper of the year award, but then why isn't he included in the freaking uh, 11, like starting 11 of the year? Who was it? Or best 11 of the year? Alisson, who got kicked out with Liverpool in the Champions League, what? Quarterfinals. Also lost his place in Brazil, uh, starting eleven to Edison. So that's fun. Exactly. So how does that? Yeah, I mean, the, we all know that the UEFA, the the FIFA and UEFA rankings are heavily, heavily Premier League and La Liga biased because they're always biased to whichever league is bet- marketed best. And that will be the Premier League. I think they'll ease up on exactly. The, they'll ease up on the La Liga now that uh, Messi and Ronaldo don't play there. Exactly. The the La Liga will La Liga will now lose a lot of players and the pre- it will become even more Premier League heavy because La Liga, for lack of a better word, has lost all the star players that they've got or that they had in the last few seasons. And uh Liga is also like, I'm lost sorry, but top five status, which is really funny. Exactly. It's a proper farmers league now. It's been overtaken by the Portuguese Premier League. And I'm telling you right now, I could barely name you a player in the Portuguese Premier League. Oh, Sporting have a player called Bruno Concalves. It's been quite good. But before we the only on, reason you follow him is because you know that Bruno Fernandes came from Sporting, and that's the only freaking reason you follow that. And, and There's Ronaldo. no other reason for you. Yeah, okay, but more recently speaking. Bruno, Bruno, Bruno. Exactly. Uh, just before we move on, uh, how can you spend 50 million in a transfer window, lose three games, I <laughs> uh, have no points and be bottom of the league. I'm just asking for a friend. Don't you mean spend 150 million? Is it 150 million they spent this summer? Arsenal, yeah. No, I mean, I'm on about Hertha. We'll, we'll get to Arsenal oh, soon. Oh, we'll no, get to no, Arsenal no, 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 no. But they spent 50 million and they're rock bottom of the league, which is really funny. And they've also just uh, shipped out Doni Luca Bacchio to Wolfsburg. And I, I know where I'd rather be. <laughs> Dude, Luca Bacchio must be looking like must be looking at his agent and asking him, how the fuck have you done that? <laughs> how did we get here? I don't know. Just enjoy the ride, bro. Just enjoy the ride. <laughs> uh, they're, they're an absolute shambles. I really hope they get relegated this year. That'd be funny if Union replaced Hertha as the Berlin club in the league. Oh, they just are. Laugh. That's Union the best part as well. Already Union, just Union have replaced, have done exactly what Hertha aimed to do, which is get into European football. Also, the That's the best part. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. I don't think you can knock Hertha for their stadium because the stadium is just not a football stadium. Like the only reason they've yeah, taken that stadium is because it's a big stadium. 
Well, yeah, it's an athletic stadium because it was built for the 1936 Olympics. But well, it yeah, was it's like, like it's, the, like the, it's like the Stadio Olimpico in Rome. If it's got a running track around, exactly, it, put a football pitch in the middle. Exactly. So you don't you don't need like the pitch, the football pitch in the middle is actually made for you know what is it spear. I mean, javelin throwing, um, discus, hammer, uh, whatever, whatever, all those 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 throwing competitions in track and field. Are. Cut, cut to but, two years ago when we were at Borussia Park. That's a proper football stadium. Oh yeah, I mean that is close to the close to the pitch. That is just a purely a stadium made purely for football. But that is one that I do want to go to. I do want to go to the. Uh, well, come on, I I can pronounce this. Um, is it the Stadion and uh, Alten Forsterei or something like that? Isn't it? Is that close? Stadion and Alten Forsterei. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Thank you very much. Pretty good. The pronunciation. So yeah, heard the heard the Berlin. Oh yeah, leaving a lot to be desired. But you mentioned another team. Hundred and fifty million spent. Spent more than United have, and United have signed Sancho, Varane, and Ronaldo. Spent more than Man City, who've brought Jack Grealish in. They spent more than Chelsea, who've got Romelu Lukaku. Uh, and they're rock bottom of the league with no wins, no goals, and minus nine goal difference. You got to You you love to see it, don't you? Like a club that is so seriously mismanaged. It is unreal. Yeah, you just have to you just have to take into account the fact that Man City spent a hundred million on one player. Lukaku was also 97 million, one player. You know, and and United signed Sancho, Ronaldo, and Varane, all of them. And still Arsenal have the highest net spent this summer. How? How that like that is just that just that should just be a clear statement to all to the board themselves. Like, guys, we should all resign because we've done such a shit job. You know, there's there's no way that we can that we can write the ship. Oh, would you like a bit of a in the last thirty minutes? Yes, please. Uh, Ainsley Maitland Niles, who uh, the the Arsenal players put on his Instagram. All I want to do is go where I'm wanted and where I'm going to play. Three crying faces, and he's added Arsenal. So, I mean, when players are openly criticizing the club and the team. On social media, that says a lot because I don't. We haven't seen that in a while. It's absolutely crazy. It's. I don't understand, and the and the decision to not sell Granite Xhaka and then give him a new long term contract, only for him to then get sent off in what was it the thirty fifth minute or something like that. But the man is a liability. He's got no redeeming qualities about him at all. He's an absolute. Bellin is just a Swiss Gwen doozy. Oh, he really is. But okay, I'm I'm gonna be a little bit biased here because it's it's something that quite annoyed me. So <laughs> people slag off Solskjaer on a on a weekly basis for being out of his depth, right? <laughs> Arteta is out of his fucking death. Right, that's the thing. That's for damn that's sure. the thing. When when they appointed Arteta, it was all oh, Pep's disciple. It's like yes, but Man City did not win all they won because of Arteta's stewardship at Man City. He was oh like, hell no. He was just there to make notes and pick the cones up. 
No, yeah, there was no reason. There was no other reason for Arteta to be there. But do you want the scariest thing for Arsenal? Yes, please. If they sack Arteta, who's touching that job? Because Antonio Conte won't. No. And nor will, yeah, that's, nor, that... will nor will Zidane. Oh, can you imagine Zidane trying to manage that? I doubt Frank Lampard would touch it with a big stick. Frank Lampard is sorry, but Frank Lampard is still too much Mr. Chelsea to go to and, and manage Arsenal. That's just a fact. <laughs> what would be quite funny is if uh, if at the end of the season they just got Mourinho in, so he's been in all three all three clubs in London. Yeah, well, that 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 doesn't go according to according to the Mourinho plan. Sign a three year contract, start freaking start fucking about year two of said contract, and then get the sack by year three. But honestly, and it's not just the mismanagement; the players are shit as well. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. There's only so much blame you can put on Arteta about. Four of those goals on Saturday were players' fault. Yeah, I'd say the first one, Leno gets a solid hand too, so he could keep that out. Uh, the second one... No, yeah, okay, so the first one, uh, Gundogan's got the freedom of the city of Manchester. How? <laughs> um, the second oh, one, Cedric, Cedric, he goes to sort of half-head it and half-hit it with his knee. It comes off the top of his knee. And, and falls to Ferran Torres. I, honest to God, I, if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be on stress medication. You'd be more than that. You'd need, you need freaking Xanax at this point. You need antidepressants. You do need full-on <clears throat> antidepressants for this. And my favourite one was when Granite Xhaka got sent off. Arteta sat there watching his iPad on, this, on the touchline going... I was like, well, how is that a red card? It's like, because he's left the ground with both feet. It was such a classic, classic Granite Shack tackle as well. Like, I'm I, sorry. Oh, honestly, I speaking to uh, a family member who supports Arsenal yesterday. Oh, and you express your condolences. Uh, condolences is one way of putting it. <laughs> a fair old bit of mocking. I, although I did make the point to them that uh, they would be first on match of the day. So, you know, swings and, round, <laughs> swings and roundabouts. Jesus Christ. I honestly, the, yeah. So the first goal, Leno has to keep that out because he yeah. gets a solid hand to it. The second one is that's Cedric's fault, completely Cedric's fault. I can't believe they were trying to say it wasn't a red card like how do you sit there and defend that I don't know he goes in way too quickly as well honestly you can look through that entire Arsenal squad and there's not a single one that gets anywhere near the top half of the table in anyone's team no and you have to just say you you just have to look at the amount of money they've spent on that team. Like well, that is absolutely ridiculous. But half the players they've signed don't get in their first team. Okay, Ben White's ill, so we can we can forgive that. But the rest don't get anywhere 
they're just not in their starting eleven. And for for the life of me, why choose to start Granite Xhaka over Lakonga is beyond me. Because Granite Xhaka, you know, he's like a it's just a bomb waiting to go off. His best days were at Gladbach, and that's the thing. Like at Gladbach, he was so good, and for the life of me, I can't understand where that player was. Like, like, at Gladbach, he was a player who was definitely like he wasn't worth the what did he pay? What did they pay for him? Forty mil, forty five, something like that. I'd say he was worth about thirty at the time, thirty five maybe. But then for him to you know to go the route he did. No, I don't. I don't understand. And to be uh, to be yeah, fair credit to Man City for. Because you still got to take the chances. You still got to take them when they're presented to you like they were. Well, yeah. But, you know, it's not that hard when Arsenal do make it as easy as they did. Well, yeah. Reese Nelson's on his way to fine orders. Uh, Ahmad Diallo's replacement after he injured, his, you know, injured himself in training. Oh, well. Yeah, but who was who Maitland-Niles loaned out to? I swear it was a German West club Brom. as well. Maitland Niles, was he Hoffenheim? No, that was Reese Nelson. No. Let's have a look, shall we? Ainsley Maitland Niles. He was. He's 24 now, man. He was no. loaned out to who? He wasn't. He was never loaned out. No. He's been loaned out to Ipswich and West Brom, but no one in the Bundesliga. Oh, okay, never mind then. Well, Which in Maitland Niles, he's 24, surprising. right? You said yeah, he's 24, 24, right? Well, Maitland Niles, in my head, is still 20 years old and is one of those young stars waiting to, you know, make an impact. And if you're that, if you're at that stage at 24, then you, I don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, Christ knows. Let's let's move on because this is making me sad. <laughs> and we're not even Arsenal fans. That is the effect of Arsenal. It has the, they have the capability of making other football fans who usually laugh at them, make them depressed. That is a, that is a skill and a half. But shall we talk the controversial game between Liverpool and Chelsea? Okay, I'm sorry. Controversial? That is a red card. If you if 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 the referee decides that that is a handball and that should be a penalty, then he has no choice but to give that player a red card because he's de- he's denying a clear goal scoring opportunity. Well, yeah, that's what I said. So, so I put whether you like it or not. If Anthony Taylor sees that as denial of a goal scoring opportunity, which he did. Yeah. Then a red card has to follow. That's the law of the game, but some will argue for the sake of arguing. And I was told by some people I don't know what I'm talking about. So uh-huh. it, it fit perfectly in with what I was saying. People will just argue for the sake of arguing about it. Yeah, but that's the, that, the yeah, but that's yeah, and that's the thing. It's not it's not the case. And you know, full credit to Chelsea for holding on. <clears throat> full credit to Chelsea for holding on for that point. Oh yeah, yeah. But as a team, they've got no redeeming qualities at all. A lot more of them should have been booked for arguing with the ref or dying. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. I mean, if we're being honest, remember you have to remember they the the defending as a team is what won them the Champions League final. True, I'm the, the, they're incredibly good at it. Like you've seen a lot of teams, they go a man down and they just absolutely capitulate. Yeah, ergo Arsenal. Well, yeah, but. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it doesn't sit well with me when players get in the referee's face. And I don't like watching United players do it either. Because it's like, you know what's going to happen. And it just doesn't, ha- it doesn't happen enough. They don't get booked enough for it. Yeah, I feel like the minute you get in the referee's face, you just go, bam, booked. I'd be such... People would hate me if I refereed. I'd, you get, <laughs> one, you'd get one warning from me. And that's and it. That's it. It's like, walk, piss off or I'm going to book you. And then I just book them. Needs to be more respect for referees like there is in rugby. But we can have that discussion another time. Also. Yeah, trust. I like Cesar Azpilicueta. I like him a little bit less after he threw himself to the floor, claiming he'd been hit in the face and no one touched him. So, you know. Well, he's Spanish. true but <laughs> honestly i it's not because i don't like chelsea but there are very few people for very few players in that chelsea team that i actually tolerate mason mount being one of them yeah because mason mount's just a freaking baller but even he was in the referee's face yeah and that's that's the thing as good as chelsea are and this has been the case for years and by all means People correct me if I'm wrong or call me out on it. But there's always been something really toxic about Chelsea. Well, no, I I get that 100% because there's just like, it's, it was the whole thing when they started booing uh, Bakayo Saka uh, or Bukayo Saka, sorry, Jesus. Um, When, when he came on against them, it's Or was it when it wasn't when they when he came on, but when he was playing against them? But still, when they were booing Saka, it was just like it's just those team those things about Chelsea. It's the it's the it's the culture also of having you know of not existing pre two thousand three when Abramovich came in. But here's the thing, right? Manchester City got taken over, had a takeover as well, and they basically only really started. I mean, I know I'm going to piss off a lot of City fans right now. But they only really started existing as a top six team in the Premier League after the takeover 2000, what was it, 9, 10? 2010-11. Yeah, 2010-11. That's when, that's when City really joined the rank of the top six clubs. And I don't know what it is, but City definitely have more redeeming qualities than Chelsea do, even though Chelsea had the takeover earlier. And I don't know if you'll agree with me on that one because I know, you know, as a United fan, you detest City with no, all I, your might. I, I, I do because... Yeah, I do because when I say there's something toxic about Chelsea, I mean the players. Like, there's almost some sort of, like, weird cult mentality around it. Yeah, yeah. Like, even if they know it's wrong or even if they know, like, the referee's right or something, they will still persist in the referee's face it's like a, a requirement to sign for Chelsea is you've got to be a bit of a bellend 
It's like what I said about uh, Atletico Madrid. You have to have there's the asshole clause in the uh, in the contract. Yeah. yeah, if you're gonna play in that in that environment and play that way, you need to be a bit of a of a dick. <laughs> Which is why if Chelsea ever got Diego Simeone as a manager, that'd just be red cards, red cards flying left, right, and center. Oh, it really would, wouldn't it? Well, I think that's probably about it for this week. Well, you you haven't you haven't had uh, the chance. Oh yes! To... Oh, I forgot. Oh, about you, this. exactly. You, you can't forget about your about. This is your platform to now get the stuff that you probably spew into our group chat about five times a week. You get that. You get to have that off your chest on air. It's nearly a daily basis at this point, and it's not because I don't like him. It's no, he'd be a I cool can't understand why everyone else does. Here's the thing, right? If he was actually effective, he'd be one of my favorite favorite players to watch because he is such, like, physically, he is the anti-footballer. He looks like he should be in the NFL. <laughs> the anti-footballer. Well, yeah. I mean, come on. If you take a look at a winger, a winger is light and speedy, and Adam Atriere weighs fucking, I don't know, 85, 86 kilos at, you know... 178 Seven, tall or 72 kilograms he weighs according to his uh wikipedia which i think might be wrong i'm sorry but that is such bs he weighs basically if you take the i think what is that it, there's always that that rule or that golden rule i mean i know it's a toxic rule in terms of body image but is that you know that kind of golden rule for athletes where you have like the your metric height minus 100 and that's the amount of kilos you should weigh oh, so basically if, if, if that's Adam if that's the case, he's only six kilos off of that. I know, but if you take a look at him, he has the body type where you'd be thinking his he is like his the metric his metric height minus ninety. Like, there's no way that guy weighs anything less than like I don't know eighty five because he's got a bicep that some NFL running backs would would dream of. Well, yeah, he should go to the NFL then because. So, 2018-19, 29 appearances, one goal, one assist. Good one. (laughs) 2019-20, which is where I think a lot of people started the hype around Adama Traore. 37 games, four goals, nine assists. Okay, that's not a bad return. But, 2020-21. 37 games, two goals, two assists. Not great. And this this isn't just in the Premier League. This is across all competitions. Like he went a full calendar year last year without a goal contribution for a forward player in the Premier League. Yeah, I'm sorry. And he plays where why most weeks. This season, three matches. I, he's he's buckle. He should not be as hyped as he is. But the only reason people hype him is because, as you've said time and time again, he is a FIFA pace merchant. Everyone likes him because on FIFA, they know the guy can sprint away from every single guy. Sorry to cut you off there, but we, we like it when news breaks when we're recording. Oh, love it. Uh, we mentioned it earlier that we were waiting for it. And uh, Servus Marcel. Uh, Sabitz is now Wait. buying players. Wait. 
So the, the announcement video, I'll be honest, Lewis, is confusing me. It's like a load of cake and oh, berries and so I don't understand. Oh no, he's got it. No, what do you what do you want about? He's he's got a picture of him with the with the traditional Bavarian thing with the uh Weisburst Britson. Yeah, but I'll show you here. No, show this is what it is to begin with. So it's like powdered sugar and berries and cake and shit. Yeah. And then they take that away and they put Versed and beer. Do you know why? Why is that a slide? Because on the, the, the that that powdered cake and berry thing. That's Kaiserschmarrn, and that's a that's an Austrian uh, dish. That's um, basically. Oh, how do I explain this? I might get a lot of stick from any Austrians listening to this, including my own girlfriend, who actually is half <laughs> Austrian. <laughs> 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 so so if i get the right please get this right <laughs> if i get this wrong i'm gonna be in the doghouse when she comes when she comes back <laughs> um but it is basically like a um it's basically like bread like bread pieces that are diced and then dipped in egg um or dipped in um and like basically when you, you know, when you beat, uh, when you beat eggs before you make scrambled eggs. So you basically, you, you let the bread soak in it. So it's basically like mini French toast, except kind of not. Oh no, I've, no, it's not, no, it's not quite that. It's basically, it's, it is the egg, it is like the egg and the, um, and the bread, but it's all thrown in the pan together. And then it's put with a, it's like, it's decked with a bunch of powdered sugar and syrup and, and, and berries and that. And it's really popular to to get, especially when you're, you know, you go skiing in Austria. So people, you go if you go skiing in Austria, definitely order some Kaiserschmarrn, some good shit. And I'm very sorry if I butchered, you know, how you make that because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not Austrian, I'm German. I was waiting for Austria to listen, with to, listen to, to hit you. She she definitely she definitely will. So yeah, that's who said that this show isn't educational. I've learned something. exactly. I hope you have. But, but but long story short, that whole video is basically just trying to say he's trading the Austrian uh, the Austrian uh, you know stereotypical Austrian dish for a stereotypical Bavarian dish because he's now playing for Bayern. Cool. Back to Adama Traore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it is. It's that thing. It's he's people only like him because he's good on FIFA. And I was I watched the highlights yesterday. And Martin Tyler's like, oh, Adama Traore is on the ball. Cool, he's going to run in a straight line to the byline, cut it back to nobody, and 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 we just go again. And it's exactly what happened. So yep. you know, if you're if you're an Adama Traore defender, at me on Twitter and have an argument with me because I will until <laughs> the end of the world. Oh, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. And that is all we have time for this week. Yeah. Then, as always, I will say, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to us on socials. That is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the AT Sports News handle. You'll find most likely in a couple minutes. Um, well, I say a couple minutes. This ain't going out till you know later. So you'll most likely have already found a nice little post about Zabitza being confirmed to Bayern. 
And of course, all, all the other transfer deadline stuff, because, you know, tomorrow our phones are probably going to be blowing up because every five seconds there's a last minute transfer going through um, dot, 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 you know, all the good stuff. But um, also make sure to check out our stuff on, or, or all of our previous episodes on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Acast. As I said last, uh, last week, we did switch providers. I think you guys will survive because most of you probably listen on Spotify anyway. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Keep calm. Love the beautiful game.